Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, thanks for checking out the podcast, and when you're about to spend some of your hard-earned money, I hope you remember these fine sponsors, like one of our title sponsors, Regina Sports Performance Center at 1464 Broadway Avenue, a new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes, featuring indoor football and soccer fields, three-on-three basketball courts, and cardio and weight training facilities, all under one roof. Plus, the facility features veteran therapist Scott Anderson, who's on site for your physical rehab needs. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabo's on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. Hold off father time in a naturally looking way. Crescinda is known for her caring and no pressure approach. You can find Face First on all social media platforms. It's time now to talk about the Regina Victorious girls football team, who improved to 2-1 recently with a huge win over the Melville Vipers. We're joined by defensive back Sienna Burns. All right, here is Sienna Burns. Sienna, thanks for taking some time out of your busy grade 8 schedule to talk to me. What school do you go to? I go to St. Angela. St. Angela up in northwest Regina. I love it. Um, so uh, what's your favorite subject? Uh, science. Science. What do you like best about science? Um, just like learning about animals and the environment. Oh, favorite animal? Um, turtle. Turtle. Do you play like a turtle on the football field? No. In French, tell me, Sienna Burns scores a touchdown. Can you say that in French? Go ahead. Sienna Burns, I'm okay, I'm but do it with some excitement. You're scoring a 40-yard touchdown. Say that with some excitement. <laughs> Say that with some French excitement because I can't speak French. Go ahead. Do it again. Sienna Burns, I'm okay, I'm Nice. So uh, what position do you play? I play defensive back or DB. Okay, for the Regina Victorias. You guys are playing well at grade 8 to grade 12, right? That's the team, the, the age bracket? Yes, it is. All right, so you're a grade 8 student. Uh, how long have you been playing football for? Uh, this is my first year ever playing. Your first year ever playing. What turned you on to the sport? How did you get interested? Um, I played it at school at recess, and I just fell in love with the sport and decided I wanted to play competitively. So what do you like best about the game of football? I love the, like, all the environment of just how happy and encouraging it is, as well as just how everyone works together to bring the whole team together. So uh, how did you end up being a defensive back? If I'm being completely honest, I do not like being tackled. I like to tackle. So also being one of the smallest players on the team it was a good position for me as my first year yeah so you're further out from the football not in the action every play per se with with regards to getting hit all the time and I like that being the hammer not the nail so to speak number 15 is your number is that a special number or is that just the number they gave to you um it was just a number but you know it's a great number that <laughs> is it is a great number you're making it your own have you had a favorite play so far this year have you is there one coming to mind for you personally um, personally, in my last game, um, I was pretty hurt for my tailbone, but I got a lot of tackles for a DB, which was I felt very proud of myself. Awesome. Have you had an interception yet? Uh, no, not yet. Actually. Okay. Do you have a touch? So we just did the French call of your first touchdown run back. Okay. What What's going to be your end zone dance? What will you do when you finally get to the end zone? Probably like a cartwheel or just something really weird. <laughs> uh, what other sports did you play before football? I played soccer. I still do play soccer as well as 
gymnastics, and rhythmic. Okay, so what's the better football, soccer or uh, Canadian slash American football, the one you're playing with the Victorious? Um, they're both really great sports. Um, I love them both, um, and they both taught me a lot. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yes, I have a younger brother, Thomas. And how old is he? He's 10 years old. Do you practice tackling him? No, he doesn't like to be tackled. No, he doesn't like to be, like you, like his sister, he doesn't like to be tackled. Do you get bugged by the boys about being a girl that plays football, or do they stay away from you because you're a football player? Um, Actually, I haven't really had that many comments because a lot of my friends, uh, guys and just guys in general, mostly play flag football, so I haven't really heard that much from them. Yeah, that's cool, though. That's awesome that you're playing. Do you put the eye black under your eye to look all tough and mean like some of them guys do? Yes, of course. <laughs> Which coach or players kind of helping you along? Because there's some older players on the team. Anybody helping you in your first year that you'd like to point out? Um, all the coaches are very, very encouraging. But there's kind of like different coaches for each position. And right now I have Coach McCall and Coach Claire. She's the head coach. But um, both of them and all of the um, coaches really have helped me learn so much. Do you look up to any uh, like professional football players? Do you watch NFL? Do you watch CFL? Um, we don't have so, but I do not have any role models to look up to just because there isn't as many girl football players. Well, maybe you'll be a role model for somebody. Hopefully. So is it intimidating playing with some older girls? Like, you know, you're grade 8, but the upper end is grade 12. Um, it is a little, bit in, a little bit intimidating, but, you know, it's a great learning experience and definitely a workout, but... It still is nice to have that age group to bring all of those different ages together and make a lot of new friends that way. So your mom's name's Irene. Your dad's name is Mike. Mike. So does Mike? Uh, d- does Mike? Does your dad get nervous about his daughter playing uh, football, or is he pretty proud to have his daughter being in there tackling, making a lot of tackles? He's very proud. And how about your mom? Does she get worried about you getting hurt? She was at the beginning, but I think now she's got the hang of it and realized that. Um, that every, with, since the coaches gave us proper education and like taught us properly, nothing can go that fast. Well, that's good because you know what's going to happen here is you're going to play a rugged season. You're doing going to do great, and then you'll be all healed up in time for grade eight grad. So when you're when you're in your dress, you won't have all the bruises and everything, right? Hopefully. <laughs> well, congratulations on your first year and continued success with your football team. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, yes, football is back. And these are the top reasons, in my opinion, football is better than sex. Your wife is actually interested in football. Illegal use of hands only results in a loss of yards, not the loss of your career. Football players are praised for running a 40-yard dash in 4.3 seconds. You last 4.3 seconds in bed, you're a laughing stock. Another top reason football is better than sex. When you get dominated in football, it doesn't cost you 300 bucks an hour. <laughs> or so I've heard. People don't judge you for enjoying football in public. That's another reason why football is better than sex. And this is the top reason, according to me, that football is better than sex. At least football happens once a week. The second quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by calling 306-502-5355. Time now to talk with the quarterback of the U of S Huskies, Mason Nias, whose team plays its second straight road game to start the season this weekend in Vancouver. It's a battle of 0-1 teams. All right, Mason, I guess uh, first off, 
just take me back to last week's uh, season opener in Calgary. Tough way to start the season, and even tougher when you go into that game without three of your uh, starting receivers. Yeah, obviously, uh, it was tough losing those guys in preseason there. Um, Jesse and Weber and Simo and all those guys, but hopefully we'll have them back soon. And yeah, you know what came out, and there's some stuff to clean up. Obviously, first game in a long time, but uh, definitely no excuses. We're looking forward to getting back on the field and putting together a better one against CBC. You had a decent game. I think you were 20 of 35 for like 238 and two touchdowns. Just critique your performance. It wasn't bad. It was another day at the office, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's like, obviously, I don't think it was terrible by any means, but definitely a lot to work on, a lot of clean up in the passing game for sure. And, uh, you know, we're definitely not satisfied by any means. We have high expectations for our own group, and uh, that's just not going to meet them. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to putting together a better performance here on Friday. So talk about your job as a quarterback when you go into a game with some new guys in the receiving core, some guys you expected to be there, not there. You know, how much pressure is there on you, Mason Nice, and, and what can you do to alleviate that pressure as the leader uh, from the other guys? Honestly, I don't think there's that much pressure per se. I would just say the biggest thing, biggest job I had was putting the ball in the playmaker's hands. CK, uh, Sam Baker, Adam Mackard, all those guys, Josh Uncina, just getting those guys the ball in space, and that's, that's more or less my job and doing it effectively, efficiently, and on time. So that's that's really my job, and that's how we alleviate pressure from our offense. Because I had some people say, look like the Huskies panicked at times. They were running, 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 couldn't do anything, and then just threw it up deep. How would you answer that? Because I had a few people say, hey, I thought they like, they kind of panicked a bit. You know, I mean, lots of people can have their own perceptions of the games or whatnot. Uh, we we kind of know what we have. We know. I wouldn't say there there was a panic per se. Uh, it wasn't just taking shots to take shots. There's there's plays designed. It's not like they're just simply shot plays. And we put the ball with the defense told us to put the ball. And sometimes we just didn't hit on those plays. And that's on our players. And that's something we got to clean up through the week. Mm-hmm. Well, Clawson came back with two nice touchdowns. He's been a man on a mission since he came back from Alouette's camp. <laughs> yeah, for sure. CJ's. You know that guy's the heart and soul of this team. He's the He's a guy that just simply loves the game of football, and uh, he's an athlete, and you can tell when he runs. He he has bad intentions, for sure, when he comes with that ball. So, hey, we just got to get that guy the ball in space, and he does a lot of good work for us. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Like, I wouldn't say, in my opinion, not putting words in your mouth, I, I don't know that he's particularly great at one thing, but he's above average at a bunch of things, which makes him a great player. Yeah, that's definitely not a, uh, a wrong take on it. Honestly, I would say he is great with the ball in his hands. He's, he, I, I can honestly say I don't know a single other receiver in the Cam West that has Colin Clawson's uh, kind of his skill set. He is truly a running back in open field when he gets it. So, uh, yeah, he he's really good with that. And then, yes, he's, he has good hands. He can, run, he can run routes effectively. He does a lot of good things. I'd like to see Sam Baker healthy. That's what I'd like to say. They say your best ability is availability. That's something Sam's figuring out. He's gotten through injuries, it seems, year after year. I'd love to see the dude have a, a season where he's like 100% just to see what he could do. Sure, hopefully we're going to get that this year. Um, Sam, he's a great player. Uh, he's a great friend. And honestly, he, he's a really special receiver in the Cowboys, I think, too. Obviously, we went up against two really good receivers this this last week with the Philpots, and I think we have two really good receivers with Baker and Clawson too. And we just have to do a better job on me to getting them the ball uh, efficiently, effectively, and just letting them make plays in space. 
Do you have to do a better job of helping Mackard out? And hear me out here. Like, the line blocks for him. Everybody's loading the box because they know he's your number one weapon. Do you have to do a better job helping him out by, you know, I mean, I know you can't catch the balls, but making that passing game more of a threat so that they can't just load it up and try to stop him? Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a top-down effort from run game, pass game, everything. We just have to be more connected as a whole. And that goes offensive, defensively, everything. We just have to be more connected as a team. And in regard to Mac on the running game, for sure, if we're effective on first down passing and just our passing game as a whole, that's going to open up the room and vice versa. So honestly, it's just being more connected top down. Did you like the run pass mix in, in terms of how you called it? Like maybe uh, did you did you throw enough on first down in that game? Oh, yeah. I thought Floyd called a pretty good game overall. I think we just, as players, need to execute better. Um, and I think I think we will come Friday night. So uh, we're it's not panic at this so by any means here. We're just getting better every single day and just trying to execute to the best of our abilities. You know, the one thing that did strike me in listening to a lot of that game was you didn't have you and Chino on the field as much as I thought you would. This guy would be a starting tailback on any other team in the conference besides maybe the Rams with Borsa there. Uh, might we see him on the field more Friday against UBC? Because he is a weapon. He He's a weapon you don't want to leave on the sidelines too much. Oh, there's no doubt about it that Josh Inch is a great football player, and we all know that in this building. Um, obviously, I have no idea what the exact game plan is to, or and even if I did, I'd probably keep it in-house until Friday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I know we want to get that ball, that guy the ball in space. We have him in returning and stuff like that, but we'll definitely be hoping to get him the ball on offense as much as possible because, like you said, he, he's a really good player. He's a great weapon we have him we got to utilize it for sure. This is always a fun game to go to UBC because they get a lot of fans their first game generally. It's a nice setting, uh, you know, in Vancouver by the water. Uh, if it's a nice Friday night, man, there's no better place to play football. How do you like playing in Vancouver, and uh, how jacked are you for your second straight road game to even this season at 1-1? One and one? Yeah, we're, the boys are bummed to go to Vancouver. Uh, obviously a great place to play. Uh, usually nice weather, good fan base, all that good stuff. Um, we're just excited. To get, we're happy it's a short week. Obviously, we had a Saturday game coming into a Friday game here, and we're just we just want to right the ship and go out and play the best of our ability, and hopefully go uh, get back on track and go one and one here. Win or lose, it's nice to be playing football again, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so, but it'd be a lot better win. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I thought we were friends, but you won't reveal the game plan on this uh, broadcast. <laughs> so you know what? I'm done with you. Go to practice or whatever you're doing. We'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it, Ballsy. Thanks for having me on. Well, before we kick off the second half of Growing the Game with Ballsy, we want to recognize another title sponsor. Thanks to Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time Roofing for getting on board with this podcast. Dude is a great community guy who has spoken with his wallet, supporting his Rough Riders and this podcast. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Mallarkey roofing products and offer a true manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time Roofing a call at 262 262- roof in the Saskatoon and surrounding area. And our third quarter is brought to you by Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give my buddy Corey Zadorozniak a call at 306-842-2406. Hey, let's hear now from Rams linebacker Cody Peters, who got that championship feeling from his time with the Saskatoon Hilltops and is hoping to spread that into the Rams fold here now as they head into a week two matchup versus the Calgary Dinos. 
All right, we're joined by University of Regina Rams linebacker Cody Peters. How are you today, Cody? I'm feeling good today. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Thanks for being on. So what are you taking in school, by the way? Let's get that out of the way because we talk sports, but you are a student athlete. Yes. Uh, right now, currently, I'm in my second year of school taking uh, kinesiology. So uh, how do you find uh, juggling class load with uh, you know, a full-time athlete, too? Um, at first, it's uh, different. I guess it's different from what I'm accustomed to playing with the Hilltop. So it took it adjusting at the beginning, but like, once you get in the rhythm of things, it's not too bad. So you played with the Hilltops five uh, years. You won a championship each year. Can you pick a favorite championship for me? Um, my favorite championship, I would have to say, would probably be my last one because it was just like the perfect ending to my career with the Hilltops, and I couldn't have asked for a better way to go out with the championship. Why do you choose uh, the Rams program when you were looking to play university football? Uh, it was the next closest place to home for me. What do you like about the program? What do you like about uh, the university, the setup there, and, and the direction under Mark McConkie and Sheldon Gray? I think we have a good setup right here, like in Regina. There's a lot of good guys in the team. We have a lot of playmakers, and I really enjoy the coaching staff. Like Mark has done an excellent job taking over as head coach, and he's really making a difference on the team. And then uh, Gray as a defensive coordinator, and I just like his style of play and his uh, fundamentals. All right. So, Cody, uh, would you recommend playing junior football before going the university way, especially if you don't know if you want to go to school or not? I would highly suggest going to junior first. If you're not sure if you want to be taking school, it's the next best route. So you still get some football experience a little higher than high school. And you can really uh, dip your toes and get a little bit of that taste. Yeah, it's kind of good too, right? Because if you went right into the university ranks, you maybe toil around as a red shirt. You're on the practice roster. You're not really getting any game reps. It's better, I think, to get game reps if you can and develop physically. No, I agree with that because like, coming from the Hilltops, I got a tons of experience, a lot of game time, a lot of different situations, and I think it really set me up and prepared, uh, prepared me well for a youth sport. Okay, so let's talk about the first week. I uh, I uh, watched till 16-0, and then I got uh, distracted, came back, saw on Twitter, you guys lose 21-17 to the Bisons. Tell me about uh, how things kind of fell apart there. Um, uh, It was a tough loss, but I feel like it was just uh, a little bit of a momentum shift. We started off really hot. And then we sort of let our energy die down a little bit, and we sort of just, I guess, let it get away from us. Talk about being one of those veteran guys, one of those championship guys coming over from the Hilltops. How can you help in a situation like that going forward? And we got to admit, too, for everybody, there's a bit of ring rust, right? You, you come out blazing, you haven't played in a while, you're on the road, hey, we're winning in a place that's not easy to win. Then all of a sudden, one play kind of snowballs into two or three plays, and you lose that momentum. How can a guy like you going forward get it back on track i feel like i can um help with just like all the experience i've had playing football it's like you can't get too high and you can't get too low you just got to stay level and you just got to focus on the next play making that next play and just slowly making a difference and starting to stack them on top of each other robbie lowe's uh didn't really play with you guys in training camp because uh, he had that injury at, at bombers camp and then he decides to go back to winnipeg did that throw everything off, or did you guys kind of approach the season like he wouldn't be there? Uh, we kind of thought like he was going to end up going back to Winnipeg. Obviously, like it would have been nice to have him on the team because he's a huge playmaker. He makes a difference when he's on the field, and his presence is felt. But we have guys ready to go next up on the 
on the depth chart, ready to play. Well, you're one of those guys. How more? Uh, you know, how much more important is your role now that a Robbie Lowe's has left? Do you feel? I feel it's just equally as important as it was before. We all count on each other. And I don't put my place on the team any higher than anybody else on the team. It's a six-game season, man. You got the Calgary Dinos in here this week. They're always tough, and they're coming off a, a, a big win over the U of S. What do you see from the Calgary Dinos uh, coming in this week? They look like they're the number one team in the Can West, and they're going to be a tough opponent. Like a tough opponent, and we're going to really have to step up our game and to prove ourselves and to prove to the league that we can that were a factor. When you look at Calgary, they've got some dynamic receivers. Those Philpot boys are, are unreal. How do you approach it defensively when you're, when, you're, when you're going against that offense, especially with that fifth-year guy, Josiah Joseph, at quarterback? I feel like you really got to pinpoint where they're going to be on the field, always have an eye on them because those are the guys you're going to be looking to go to all the time. So you just got to factor in what they're looking to do, and they're looking to get the ball to those guys. So if we are able to stop them, it's like I feel like the game is going to get a lot of simpler for us. People that haven't watched Cody Peters play, I know how you play, but how would you describe your play for the people listening? Uh, I would say I'm a hard-nosed. Yeah, hard-nosed. That's a good way to put it. Is there anybody you tried to emulate your game after? Maybe uh, uh, you know somebody just a little older than you or a, a professional uh, linebacker that you kind of try to emulate your game after? I feel like I probably emulate my game from the guys who came before me, especially on it, like Hilltops. We're always taught to be like those hard-hitting players to, like, really leave the other guy feeling our, our willpower, make an impact. Yeah, so would you give me a name or two, uh, kind of your former teammates you kind of looked up to? Uh, one guy is Cole Benkick. Okay. And he also played with the Regina Rams, too. Yeah, so what did you like about his game? Just how he played it. He played it fast, he played it physical, and he wasn't afraid to go make a play. Did he influence you in coming to the Rams? I got A lot, I guess you could say. Because, mm-hmm. like, I played with him for a a few years with the Hilltops and then seeing him go to the Rams and like make that transfer over, uh, made it look, I guess, not as hard for me. Yeah. See, it's kind of weird because I've, I've known a lot of kids from Regina to go to Saskatoon, mainly because of the, uh, university. It's a bit bigger, more programs. You don't see a lot of Saskatonian Saskatoon kids come to Regina. Is there a kind of that inherent mindset? Like, Oh, I don't want to go to Regina or there's that rivalry. There seems to be a little bit more rivalry in Saskatoon towards Regina than Regina to Saskatoon. Would you agree with that? Um, I would agree with it a little bit. Cause like coming from Saskatoon, like, Regina was always a rival. We always, I guess you could say, despised them because they were just such a hard team to play against all the time. So maybe there's a little bit of doubt of wanting to go there. But, like, they're still, they're still Saskatchewan people. It's a good place to go. Cody, thanks for this. Good luck against the Dinos. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. And just before we head into the fourth quarter stretch here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, we want to recognize our third title sponsor, Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Thanks to Ben Garrow for getting on board and supporting football in the province. This guy is a great man. Advantage Collision, Saskatoon and Prince Albert, your SGI Elite accredited auto body repair shop, locally owned and a certified collision care OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. The high-performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Call Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. 
And our fourth quarter brought to you by Driven Automotive. They've offered superior auto repair services in Regina since 2006, and their customers' total satisfaction is what they deliver. Check them out on Broad Street in Regina. Well, it's time for me to catch up in a formal setting with my son, Ethan Ball, who's playing football at UND with the Fighting Hawks as they have a big statement matchup with the powerhouse NDSU Bisons this weekend. Now, regardless of his last name, this is a great story about a kid from the Canadian prairies persevering through a pandemic to play football at a very high level. Ethan's got some great advice for young kids who are listening to this podcast. Safety for the UND Fighting Hawks, the school where Dressler and Schultz went, friends of the show, former uh, rider greats. Do they have pictures of those guys up anywhere? Absolutely. Uh, they have pictures of Schultz and Weston Dressler, I believe, in the weight room. So we see them every day up on the wall. Oh, good. Do you like seeing them at 7.30 in the morning when you're lifting weights? I don't really like seeing anybody at 7.30 in the morning when I'm lifting weights, if I'm being honest. Did you uh, get rid of my tickets for the game this weekend against NDSU, Hall of Fame game? I did, unfortunately, dump them off to a couple teammates, so uh, definitely unfortunate that you can't make it down, but it is, a, it is a big game this weekend, that's for sure. Did you sell the tickets? Like, could we at least make some money out of the deal? Nah, I'm a good teammate, so I let it slide and gave them to the buddies for free, so. Yeah, like, what are they going for there? I don't know. I I mean, regular price, a couple hundred I heard, and then I heard a couple selling for like a thousand or fifteen hundred and stuff. So it's a big deal. It's going to be packed. The alerts will be sold out. It'll be standing room only. So it'll be pretty crazy. You guys wearing black or what are you wearing? Yeah, it's an all it's an all black theme this year. So hopefully, hopefully we can get the win. So NDSU hasn't been to Grand Forks and UND since two thousand and three. They're the perennial champs. Like they kick butt every year. You guys did win the spring league though. Did you guys get your rings yet? Oh, we didn't, but everybody got sized up now, so they should be coming in here in the next month or so, I'm told. So that'll be pretty awesome to have some hardware. So UND is the Alabama of hockey. Like, it is a hockey school. It's right there with Boston College and Minnesota Golden Gophers. It's right there, a perennial powerhouse. Not too many centers in the U.S. does the football team take a back seat, but you guys are starting to come on. You've sold out uh, You sold out your home opener, the Potato Bowl. We'll get to that in a second. But this would be a huge win for your team. Yeah, this could kind of be the, I mean, we won the Missouri Valley Conference last year, but everybody will say that it's the spring season, doesn't matter. So this would be kind of a huge turning point to finally beat the Bison in however long it's been and kind of turn the tide in North Dakota and the Missouri Valley Conference for uh, for football. So this would be this would be massive for the program. Son, this pandemic has sucked. Like, I never thought it would be safer for me. Check this out, folks. This is how ridiculous this is. I can get on a plane and fly to Calgary and sit in an airport for five hours and then go to Minneapolis, one of the busiest airports in North America, and rent a car and drive to Grand Forks. But I can't get in a car and drive to Grand Forks to watch the game because it's safer flying than it is driving. Absolutely ridiculous. So I never thought it would be a couple of years, Ethan, almost, where I'd have a chance. I thought, okay, I'll send you to, we had a choice between Calgary and UND. I'll send you to UND. It'll be easy to pop down, watch, play D1 football. Well, it hasn't been that way so it does kind of hurt that way but it's kind of been a blessing for you in terms of switching receiver to safety and having that spring year where you got to kind of just figure things out yeah absolutely I mean usually when I was talking to some of the seniors when you come in like you're right into fall camp training camp and you get you get the playbook thrown on your desk and you gotta learn everything day one and it's thrown at you a million miles an hour whereas COVID for us was kind of a blessing in disguise in terms of football where us freshmen got to kind of take a back seat. We went over it and installed about five times because we were just practicing throughout the whole winter before the spring season. 
So everything really slowed down back to this season. This was already like my fifth or sixth time seeing the playbook and the plays. So it definitely slowed down and made that transition easier from offense to defense. That's for sure. You're on the traveling team. You got to go to Utah State a couple of weeks ago. What was that like? 20-some thousand whiteout. What was that like? And they were chanting your name too in a vulgar way. Yeah, that, that was pretty insane. That was probably the coolest experience so far. I mean, we showed up. Utah is a beautiful state. Um, we showed up. We're in the mountains playing. And then we get done with warm-up. They come in. They tell us there's a weather delay. It starts downpouring. The clock keeps getting reset. So it takes about an hour and a half. I thought the stadium, because it was, it was packed for warm-ups, the Whiteout game. The students were all there. It was packed. I thought the crowd would have petered out after the thunderstorm because it was, it was getting late there, about 1030 when the ball kicked off. And then uh, we came out for the start of the game, and that place was just jumping. Everybody was still in their seats. And then the fans were pretty crazy. The student section behind us was white out, and they were pulling up our bios and yelling about Regina and Canada. So it was pretty crazy. It was a neat experience. Yeah, they were chanting basically the, ci- the city that rhymes with fun, right? That, that, that's what they were chanting to you, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is a family show. Sports Cage here with my son, Ethan Ball, because he is playing college football, which is kind of cool. We've got a couple of Regina kids on SDSU, too, and Max Chuck and Ethan Vibert, who uh, played for Miller Chuck for Sheldon, so that's kind of cool. You'll meet them November 20th. Now, Ethan, uh, you got your first action in the Potato Bowl against Drake. You guys won that handily, but you're playing special teams. Tell us about your first ever college play. Yeah, so that was thing i got i got put on uh kor kickoff return and that special team's definitely isn't for the faint of heart i mean you got dogs running down at you trying to get earn a spot so they're they're flying down there running four fours trying to take your head off and i i set my flight line at the 30 yard line and my guy and another guy twisted and me and my buddy picked up on it late so i i got popped in the mouth a little bit i came off the field and there was blood all over my jersey and my socks and everything and i i thought i broke my nose the team doctor came over and looked at me, and my, my chin was busted open. So we went back quickly. He stitched up my chin, and then I, I missed, like, one rep of punt block, and I was back out there, and then eventually got in a defense throughout the game as well. So that was, that was pretty neat and cool. Yeah, he finished with two and a half tackles. Like, what kind of message would you give to young kids listening to this in Regina? Like, you're a Prairie kid, played receiver, making the switch at D1. It's not easy, but do you feel like you can compete and other guys here could compete given a chance? I mean, I think you can do whatever you put your mind to. If you're willing to sacrifice and put the time in and really be the hardest worker in the room, you can do anything. We got some great football players in Saskatchewan. We might not play football all year round, but the time we do get to play, we got some great players. So as long as you're willing to apply yourself and then obviously get yourself out there with tape and go to camps and do your best, um, we definitely got some great football players. So you can do whatever you put your mind to, I believe. Well, Ethan, thanks for this, man. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you, son. No, it's not like we talk or FaceTime every day or anything. <laughs> every FaceTime about 10 times a day. In fact, people around me yeah. get sick of us talking so much, man. Uh, whatever. Anyway, have a great day, man. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see you later. Let's take a look at what happened in week one in the Canada West. The most impressive performance? Jalen Philpot of the Dinos. He scorched the Husky secondary for 13 catches, 246 yards, and two touchdowns. He was unstoppable. And even if he did stop him, his brother Tyson racked up 155 yards on eight receptions and also chipped in a touchdown. A team that shouldn't panic? The U of S Huskies. They played the game without three starting receivers, which allowed Calgary to clamp down on the run. 
The Huskies' highly touted O-line protected Mason Nice well, but didn't open many holes for their stud running back, Adam Mackert. Nice was a respectable 20 of 35 for 238 yards and two touchdowns, but his receivers didn't get a lot of separation. Despite not playing a real solid game, the Huskies were in it until the end against the defending Vanier Cup champs. Teams that should panic, the Thunderbirds and the Bisons. Manitoba lost fifth-year quarterback Des Catalier to a knee injury in Week 1 versus the U of R Rams, so they turned to Jackson Tachinski, who's in his first year of eligibility but third year with the program. He calmly entered the game after Catalier went down. The multi-sport athlete showcased his athleticism on a few first-down runs and managed the game well for the Bisons. Now that's going to work in a pinch, but not over the long haul. The other team that should panic, UBC. Second year Golden Bears running back Matthew Peterson found the end zone three times, leading Alberta to a season opening 44-19 win over the Thunderbirds last Saturday at Foot Field in Edmonton. While UBC finished the game leading the Bears in both total yards, 459 to 352, and time of possession as they had the ball for 34 minutes and 59 seconds, the Thunderbirds were completely undone by penalties and special teams lapses. UBC finished the game with 20 22 penalties for a whopping 179 yards, while the Thunderbirds punts netted just 27 yards per kick. That lack of a strong kicking game allowed the Golden Bears to have excellent field position all day long, leading to major scores. How about the coaching decision I like from week one in Canada West? Rams coach Mark McConkie in his first game as a head coach, but also the offensive coordinator, did a great job of scheming offensive plays for most of last week's contest versus the Herd. He freed up star running back Kyle Borsa out of the backfield by tossing him the ball in space. It also proved to be a great call moving around receiver Deshaun Mims. He primarily had him in the slot. The Rams had a couple of costly turnovers on offense, but the real down downfall with some inexperience on the offensive line. The coaching decision I didn't like really surprised me. Scott Flory of the Huskies took his team into Calgary without three top receivers and barely used stud running back Josh Uanchina on offense, which is a real head-scratcher to me. You gotta get Josh and Adam Mackert on the field at the same time because this dog's offense is limited at the best of times when it comes to weapons. Also, Flory's play calling was, well, interesting. Run, run, run. It doesn't work. Then you throw it deep without a real burner. That kind of reeked of panic, in my opinion. Now, that might be something that hurts this team going forward. A lack of a true deep threat, especially when you compare them to the other top dog in the conference, the Dinos, who previously mentioned, have the Philpot twins and Nathaniel Durkin. Good luck to the Rams and the Huskies this weekend. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.